Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. My darlings, welcome to part two, the second installment out of two of the inauguration. In this episode, again, I am joining Janelle Belgrave and Mecca Woods of Stars on Fire to talk in depth about the chart of the inauguration of the 46th President of the United States. And this is a doozy. And I invite you to stay tuned until the very end because I have a treat at the end of this episode. Brittany Campbell is a musician and a visual artist who is friend to the podcast, and she created a gorgeous song called Matter. And Brittany is donating all proceeds from this song to Abundant Beginnings. Please make sure to follow the Stars on Fire crew, that's Janelle and Mecca, and also the music and work of Brittany Campbell. And enjoy the episode. I feel like we're, we're kind of in the rev up towards Inauguration Day, right? Mm-hmm. We are four days away from the big day and already plans are going through and the military has showed up in the capital. How many people? How many troops was it? 15,000 troops? Well, something 20, like that? 20,000 troops? Think, yeah. It's more troops than we have in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Ooh. And, you know, unfortunately, that's because people are calling for a war, a yeah. civil war. And it's really fucking disturbing. but you know we kind of knew that this something like this was coming for a while now right and that's part of the anxiety of being an astrologer sometimes like when you see stuff coming you're like oh that doesn't look too great Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then it shows up you're like well I knew it was going to be great but I wasn't thinking it was going to be this (laughs) Mm, right we are equally surprised and not surprised at the same time yeah I would say which is a weird place to be for years now, when I've looked at this Pluto return and I've looked at February of 2021, I've been concerned that this would be the start of a civil war because really when we talk about the Pluto return, it's like a referendum or referendum. I always get those words flipped, but um, it's it's calling up the toxic underbelly of this country and it's calling up questions about the great American experiment, you know? And so I, I think I think that we may, for the next couple of few years, be in this in one form or another. So not to, not to be a ray of sunshine or to derail our conversation, but throwing it in the mix. You know, I think that's important to know because like everything else in the heavens, things move forward, things change. Um, and I was actually playing around with the timing of the inauguration chart, using it as a, a timepiece using progression. So mm-hmm. progressing the chart forward, you know, the sun has to get past Saturn first. Right. The sun mm. is at zero Aquarius. Saturn's at three Aquarius. We have to we have to surpass Saturn before we get to the good part with Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And that's going to take time. And I think when I was checking the timing, we're not doing that for another three, four years, roughly. Ugh. Sorry. So, I know. I know. It's, I think your honest sound come out of me just sprung forth from my belly. It was awful. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awful. But, that's awful. I think the timing of that is perfect, right? It's in time for our Saturn return, not our Saturn return, sorry, our Pluto return. Yeah. We have to do this. And the Pluto return is unearthing and revisiting all the power dynamics that made this country to begin with. What are our value systems around power and money, right? Because at least in uh, Placidus, I think, I think it's a second house Pluto, I believe, in the... uh, 
Independence Day chart, July 4th, Hold 1776. Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. Yes, it is. It's, no, it's a third house. Third house. Okay. Um, and this is in uh, Placidus or Koch that I'm looking at right here. Not not my typical Campanus. Placidus. Okay. It is Placidus. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then an equal, sorry, in whole signs, it might be in the second because we're a Sag rising as a, as a country, I believe. But by that interpretation, it would be about our values. What do we value? Because this is what we have to think about. This is what built the country. This is the money that built the country, right? The genocide of the Native Americans, the enslavement of Africans, right? Pretty much pushing people off their land to build this country. And now all those people are kind of returning and be like, okay, so let's revisit. (laughs) That power dynamic was really unhealthy and has landed us here. How do we heal this? We're either going to die, which is Pluto. If we don't change, that is the mantra, change or die with Pluto. Or we're going to change and it's going to be painful because we have to settle with all this stuff. Pluto says we have to look at the dirt underneath. Mm -hmm. And if we don't do it, there's no getting out of it. It's just going to get worse. So we must be brave. When when we're going through the fire, (laughs) we have to be brave about it. We can't shudder. And I think we need endurance too. You know, we need, and you know, to your point, Janelle, you were talking about, you know, the time, you know, with Saturn, um, because Saturn is related to time uh, astrologically of, you know, especially with things ripening or it can be getting better with age. It could be getting worse with age, depending on which way you go. But when I think about this emphasis of fixed signs, right? So Aquarius and Taurus, the other two would be Leo and um, Scorpio, you know, fixed energy doesn't move very quickly. You know, mm-hmm. there is there a reason why we call it fixed because fixed, you know, energy likes to stay put and, you know, endure and stabilize and, you know, keep things in its place. And so I think, <laughs> you know, I think that's the thing sometimes I think about when we're talking about these things like on social media and things like that. And people are, are like, well, when is it going to be over? You know, how long is this going to take? And it's like, y'all, y'all need to have, y'all going to have to strap in. <laughs> y'all, it's y'all every to... astrologer's least favorite question. Is, right. How long? When? when? Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, it's like all we can do right now is focus on the now and what we're doing right now, because because, you know, that that dictates how things go going forward, you mm-hmm. know, and, and trying to rush through it, trying to skip through it, trying to, um, you know, bemoaning the process like that's not going to help us at all. Yeah. So. I mean, spoken spoken from the perspective of Saturn, right? It's like the only way to learn your lessons is to go through it. That's Absolutely. that's Saturn's way. It's not Uranus. It's Saturn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's a light start. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's cap season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Ooh. all about facing the reality of the situation, <laughs> right? My favorite. Um, and yeah, so I think that that is probably a good start to mm-hmm. what we're going to be talking about because we're going into uh, houses seven through 12 and that seventh house is ruled by Scorpio. So oh, yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. So in mundane astrologies, the seventh house has to do with foreign affairs, relations with other countries, whether friendly or hostile, political or commercial, and has to do with marriage, divorce and women. And also we have Scorpio on this cusp. Mm. So I'm looking again at my whole signs uh, house system here, ruled by Scorpio. Mars is in the first conjunct Uranus, and that just makes me feel shakeups. You know, things are going to be changing quite rapidly. Well, maybe not rapidly because it is Taurus, but things will be changing. <laughs> um, and then because that Mars and Uranus is doing all this squaring up to Saturn, Jupiter and Mercury and the sun, I'm thinking that we might have to deal with some of the fallout 
from whatever Trump did internationally with the you know other nations, whether it be Russia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Brazil, North Korea, and the UK, I think those things are going to become issues going forward because now we're having administration have to fix all of those alignments and agreements and refix all the other agreements that we broke with our other allies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I am wondering if they're going to start sending a lot more female diplomats, though. I'm not sure why that came to mind, but I'm very curious. Um, And then also Mars in Taurus is making a trine to Venus from the ninth house. So I kind of feel like it might be kind of like a, not an apology tour, but kind of (laughs) like, it's like, allow me to reintroduce myself kind of thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like the the person that I was four years ago as a country is not that. And I need to make sure that you know that I'm stable and, you know, ready to work and want to show up and, and really kind of heal these rifts that have happened over the past four years. Mm. That was a thought. Yes. And also, re, re, I think we have to really look at our relationship with our anger as well. Mm. You know, I, I, it's interesting because when I work with Scorpio, I see it as ruled by Pluto. So this is another difference in how we, uh, how we astrology. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I see that Scorpio uh, seventh house cusp, I'm looking to Pluto and not to Mars. Pluto and Mars are both warring planets. And so there's, of course, crossover with my take. I'll also add that I don't just see it as related to women. It's also genderqueer and non-binary folks and uh, especially like femme leaning. Uh, that's, you know, uh, I think a big part of moving forward with our country. We saw, you know, trans people acknowledged in public um, by presidential candidates for the first time uh, in this presidential run. And I don't remember if Biden was one of the people who who did acknowledge trans people. But I think that um, the rights of women and queers and non-binary folks are interwoven. And I think that's going to be a big part of, of this presidency for all those reasons. And plus, of course, we have the first female VP. I also see this as having so much to do with, um, you know, when we're talking about Pluto, we're looking at um, the shame of our nation. And that is, of course, around uh, racism and slavery and genocide. Uh, And the way that we are a terrible neighbor, we just go in guns blazing to other countries. And we we have a lot of, you know, apology tour-esque things. We have a lot of reparations (laughs) to make on a lot of levels. And, you know, when I look at this, I do, I'm I'm not an optimist, so I I hesitate to say this, but I, I do see the potential for and the hope for um, the conversation of reparations actually happening on a presidential level, like on a, on a federal level, um, whether or not we'll actually see that, you know, before the Pluto return of the U.S. is done, I don't know. But I do see the potential in this part of the chart for that to be uh, more of a national conversation. And so, you know, that is a, a positive potential of, of this placement IMO. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I, I agree with with everything you guys just said. Um, my only input around that is just um, thinking about the Mars. And because I, I look at, I consider both planets when I look at Scorpio. Um, shocker, Sag, give, me, give it all. <laughs> the me. three of us are just the perfect people to be talking about this because we've got like this opinion, that opinion, and all the opinions. <laughs> um. And I just think about, you know, again, you know, in the chart that I have, equal houses, you know, Mars is in the 12th and we have Pluto up there in the ninth house. And, you know, to uh, what Janelle was saying around like the apology tour uh, and having to like redraw lines in terms of like who's on our side versus who who's not. 
I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things like you see in the movies <laughs> where there's a character who's been doing a lot of fuck shit and then they're like trying to walk the the straight path. And, and it's like their life that they're leaving behind is not exactly like letting them go, you know, mm-hmm. and they have to contend with that. Kind of makes me think about like um, like John Wick, for example. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie with Keanu. Um, but he plays an assassin who like gives up the gives up the assassin life, trying trying to lead a normal life, and gets pulled back in, and has to you know because of of uh, you know people not necessarily wanting to um, let him leave that life, and so I think about that in context like Russia, for example, you know because it, it seemed like they were really like behind this whole Trump administration, like finally, you know, we have the U.S. in our clutches, and now that the United States is like, oh no, um, I don't know, I don't know if we're going to be able to get get a, get away that quickly and and make amends that easily. So that that's kind of like my take on that. Mm-hmm. I really like that you pulled in John Wick as a metaphor. Like of all the characters you could have pulled, you went straight to John Wick, just like international assassin, yeah. uh, sad, heartbroken, violent, murderous John Wick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Absolutely. it. it, was, it yeah. was the perfect thing that it was just like that's what's at top of mind. Yes, <laughs> John Wick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think also like it's interesting how it's Scorpio on the Descendant, and then you guys are using both Pluto and Mars. But the idea of transformation, right, Mm -hmm. you know, transforming from one uh, being to the next or an experience changing you so much that something, you know, you come out differently. And also thinking about how Venus is next to Pluto. It reminds me of that Persephone and Hades story, you know, like when we go down to hell and come back out. I'm just wondering what's going to happen. That's all. Knock on wood, we come back out. <laughs> knock on fucking wood. <laughs> I want us all knocking on wood right now. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, all right. Absolutely. Anything else about the seventh? That felt I like a lot. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did okay. Let's do the eighth house. The eighth house traditionally has to do with the public mortality, deaths, the kinds of people who die, the death duties, financial relationships with foreign countries. And this house for me has Sagittarius on the cusp. It is empty besides the south node. And as we know, the south node tends to draw things out of a house or tends to make things leave or drains the energy out of the house. It could also enhance some of the the mortality rates that we're already seeing, unfortunately. But that would be on course for what we've been seeing out in the world, right? We've been kind of reckless with all of these super spreader events and our overwhelmed hospitals. So I do expect there to still be a fair amount of death that we have to deal with going forward in this administration, not only from the pandemic, but because of all the other things that will be coming our way. Right. Whether it is, you know, having skirmishes or, you know, domestic terrorism or, um, you know, poverty becomes such an, you know, an increase type thing. But also who's in charge, like who the people who might be on death's doorstep, unfortunately, might be some of our elected officials, because this Sagittarius house is ruled by Jupiter and Aquarius in the 10th house. And that's talking about people who are leading. So there are other things in the sky that kind of make us a little bit wary of that. Um, And I'm very aware of the people who are stepping up to actually do the right thing. I think Letitia James just came out and said, hey, we're suing the NYPD for brutality. That's a massive thing for New York City. Because the last time we attempted to do that via Mayor Dinkins, who just passed away at the end of last year, Giuliani and the NYPD rioted in New York City. 
because Mayor Dinkins wanted to do uh, reform to the police and hold them accountable. So here we are again, another black politician or uh, uh, AG in this point, at this point, and she's saying, I want to sue them <laughs> for all the misconduct. And so I'm asking everyone, all these, you know, elected officials and lawyers and the judges, the senators, everybody who's in the, the spotlight being seen, wanting to make change through that eighth house, we have to protect them because they are targets right now. Mm. So I'm always sending like white light and protection to everyone who's being bold enough to say the truth out loud. Yeah. Because they are sitting ducks, unfortunately, yeah. at this point yeah. in time. Yeah. And and how the federal government responds is, I think, there's so much to say about that. What I would I would say around that um, is um, the idea of grief around grief, you know, mm-hmm. and um, dealing with grief. And I know that the Biden administration, from what I saw, is supposed to have like a moment of uh, remembrance for, for everyone that was lost to COVID over the last year. Mm-hmm. Looking at that eighth house and and just seeing it, you know, being like a Jupiter ruled house, I, I definitely think that for me is thinking about s- keeping the spotlight, you know, on the fact that there is all of this death happening, um, and that it's not business as usual, and that we do have to make room for people to uh, to grieve. And what does that look like? you know, when, when it's such a big thing like this, that's happening, life is still trying to go on. Like what, I don't know, what does that look like? I don't know. It's just, for me, it just, I just think about this house as being more around like the, the subconscious stuff and the psychological things that are happening around um, this mass death and, you know, how we, how we process that. And so I would say definitely that needs to, I think it it needs more increased intention, uh, attention, I should say. Yeah. I would think because it's Jupiter and Aquarius in the 10th, we might be seeing more, you know, online grieving, you know, public forums made up for it in the event that we can't get up together and be in a group because we still have that Mars Uranus square. And I was thinking, Mecca, that Mars Uranus typically is correlated with gunfire, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being very wary because at the end of the day, we're still a heavily armed country. Yeah. Yeah. Upsettingly. Yeah. Yeah. So when I look at the eighth, I'm I'm considering, of course, all the stuff that that y'all are talking about. I'm also really concerned with a, a few other things. One is something I mentioned in the last episode. When I'm looking at the economy of a country, I want to look at the eighth house because so much of what the economy of a country is is about what we import and export, what we owe to other countries, what they owe to us, our sense of like how we how we basically conduct ourselves through trade and commerce. And so having that empty eighth house in Sagittarius, we all three have that um, in Sagittarius. It not only has me looking at that Jupiter in Aquarius, which is in the 10th house for me, as I think all three of us have that, but it's conjunct Saturn. It's closer to Saturn than any other planet. And it's also close to the sun. And so I am really concerned about, you know, this is an inaugural chart about this presidency having a great deal to do with um, changing and kind of being accountable for trade agreements and for debt, because, of course, the Trump administration has created massive debt um, as Republican uh, presidencies tend to rack up a lot of debts. And I think we're going to see a lot of changes to tax codes, as one would expect when we go from a Republican to a Democratic president. So I think that's going to be an ongoing conversation. And there will be turmoil associated with that because of Saturn's proximity to Jupiter. And of course, Jupiter rules 
ruling that eighth house. I also imagine within this, we're looking at global borders and the conversation about nationalism in general and borders. You know, there are many things in this chart that reiterate that. And this Sagittarian eighth house cusp is a big one for me. And associated with that is religion. My concern is that that is about religious extremism in mm-hmm. response to the destabilizing nature of 2021, all of it, and certainly the U.S., you know, because we have um, not only this massive grief as people are dying in record numbers, but we also have the grief of a split nation, you know, of racists being proud of being racist um, and of people really not knowing the difference between um, what is kind of like a valid spirituality and what is a conspiracy theory. I mean, we're, we're in a, an, a pandemic of, of, you know, a propaganda sort, and we want to look to the eighth house and the planet Jupiter for those, those kinds of themes and things. And so the grief that I think we are going to be grappling with throughout this presidency, and certainly in 2021, I think is very much about death, but it's also about um, Trumpism, as they're calling it, which I I think is too light of a word, but Trumpism and how there's millions and millions of people who are down for his hate and down for his cruelty and, um, and against so many of us. And I think in response to that, we will see, you know, the conversation of religion really change. And again, as we talked about in our, in our last episode, this is only the second Uh, American president that's not a Christian. This is a Catholic president. And, you know, that is actually a big deal, not to me, um, but but it is a big deal in the context of the history of this country and in the minds and hearts of many Americans who only want to see a Christian president. And so I imagine that that will be part of the kind of reckoning we're all engaged in. I will add one final thing. Obviously, I have a lot of thoughts about this house. Um, and, you know, Pluto rules the eighth um, and is conjoined uh, quite tightly to the midheaven of this chart, which is, you know, a reiteration of all that I'm saying. But I will also say that for me, this kind of conversation about globalism, of of moving, you know, we have a very global world now. We we travel by plane for business. We go for a weekend to, you know, across the country to another country. And I think in response to COVID, but also in response to civil unrest across the globe, thank you, Uranus mm-hmm. and Taurus, mm-hmm. we're going to see changes to that. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to see changes to that, which, as we know, changes that start for really good reasons that compromise our civil liberties and our freedom of movement can very quickly crystallize that eighth house. It's like a fixed energy, right, mm-hmm. can crystallize to be something that becomes a, a real real problem for us, you know, and the compromise of like, you know, the things we did in response to 9-11, well, they're still there for what reason we're not exactly sure. And I think that there's a great deal to to be concerned about it in, in the context of Jupiter ruling this eighth house, whether or not it's aspected, uh, you know, has any planets in it. So uh, those are those are my my big bad thoughts. No, I, I think that 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 point that you raised about like, globalism and like um you know arrest unrest uh across the globe i mean the same you know that and that's the thing too like the same things that are happening here in the united states like it's not an isolated incident right we, yeah. we've seen the rise of author, authoritarianism uh across you know from brazil to um i actually saw some news this morning about how uganda 
Uh, they just had an election and the president who's been in power, I think, since 1985, like 30, like over 30, 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. He he won again, saying and and um, they were saying it's, it's something very similar to, you know, this idea that like, oh, you know, it was a fair election, but it wasn't. And I was really sad for the people um, of Uganda because I was like, damn, yeah, I have to deal with this guy again. Um, same thing in Nigeria. Right. The the whole thing with um, the military police there um, and how the younger generation wants something different. And they've been clashing with the police and being murdered by the police there. So this whole thing that we're in, like the world in itself is going through some really, really tough and really big changes. And it's really a thing of like the old way of doing things versus the new and the clash between that. And thinking about that in terms of travel, because like I, I did a um, a talk uh, for a travel company a couple of months back and I was talking about this whole thing. I was like, you know, the last time we had these eclipses, the eclipse cycle that we're in, the Gemini, because, you know, every when we talk about Gemini and Sagittarius, we also have to talk about travel and what that looks like. And, you know, people, were, of course, you know, who have travel companies or have like some investment in travel did and, and rightfully so, you know, very concerned about like what this year is going to look like in terms of of being able to travel. And I was saying that, like, I would not put a whole lot of uh, eggs in the basket of like, oh, you know, everything is going to go back to normal and there's going to be open border and things like that. I was like the last time we were having these sort of these, this cycle of eclipses, you know, 9-11 going back, you know, to what you were saying, Jessica, 9-11 happened mm-hmm. and that changed the course of travel. Right. Um, for for even, you know, even up until t- today. Yeah. And thinking about that in context to like, you know, if you do go to a country and this is something that Janelle and I were talking about. I, I think we talked about this a little bit, but just the idea of like, you know, to me, I feel like the borders are going to be very light. It's going to be very erratic, open, close, open, close, open, close. And there may be some instances where like, if you are traveling abroad, you're going to have to like flee, you know, and like run and get out of there, um, um, you know, quickly, because there is some sort of like unrest or things like that happening. And so I think that that is something also that people should think about. You know, if they're thinking about traveling or if they're thinking about, you know, if they have loved ones, you know, living across uh, across seas and things like that. It's it's so much. And that ninth house, which we're about to get into, yeah. definitely yeah. speaks to that, I think. Yeah. 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 It's it's such a bummer. I know I'm just sitting here talking to two Sagittariuses and how sad <laughs> that is. <laughs> like, grounded. You can't go anywhere. Not by boat, not by plane. I mean, that is like the worst thing you can say to a Sagittarius. So I just mm. want to have a moment of silence for your loss. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say that I do sometimes feel like a dumb Sag when it comes to religion. Because when I hear like, oh, this is only our second Catholic president because the others have been Christian. And I'm like, well, I was raised Catholic. I was like, it's not the same thing. Like, I don't, <laughs> I just don't, I understand there are different practices and rituals and things like that. But when I was growing up, I was like, I always felt like Catholic and Christian were so close together. I personally couldn't find a difference. Well, they're Jesus-based faiths. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a Jewish person, I they seem like kind of the same thing to me. But I will say that, you know, and I don't want to derail the conversation, but it's, but it's relevant because of this Jupiter placement and this eighth house in this chart is that the evangelicals have a huge hold on the U.S. Mm-hmm. and the huge hold on the American presidencies from Trump to the Bushes. And their political power is completely disproportionate to their numbers, but they have a belief in the end of days. And Mm -hmm. everything that Trump has done that has garnered their support has been 
because he is facilitating the end of days and this like quote race war that they are trying to start this week Mm -hmm. um, is because they believe in the end times. Their beliefs are shocking. I mean, they're truly shocking. And so many people who are not evangelical don't know anything about it because it's ridiculous. It sounds like a South Park episode or something. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's shocking and ridiculous, but it has everything to do with the way Donald Trump has run the government of the United mm-hmm. States. It has everything to do with the amount of support he's gotten from mm-hmm. Christian America. And not exclusively that's who supported him, but majoritively. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it is why he changed the uh, capital of Israel to Jerusalem, because that's what's necessary for the evangelical vision of the end of days and the second coming. Get on board or get out is basically their idea. Okay. Well, I know. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. I I think it's really fascinating because, you know, this to me, that's such a a belief that's set in this idea like we must die before good things happen. Instead of enjoying life in the moment, let's bring about a crisis to prove that we were right about this end time. This is like, don't you want to live? instead and just hopefully go to heaven at the end like I don't get it like why bring about death and destruction that feels very anti-god to me but that's just me but but see that that's the thing too when I think about like Christianity you know or like that you know judeo-christian sort of uh, the the dogma I would say related to it you know when you when you militarize god and you make god a smiting vengeful destroying God. And that's not to say that like you don't find warrior gods in across like other cultures, like gods, you know, that are whip ass basically, but they're also loving gods, you know, like it's, it's, a, it's a multi-deity situation as opposed to just like one, um, just one. But this idea that there is a God who you know, destroys things and, you know, it, you know, smites people down and things like that. And that's your claim to fame. And then when you couple that with the idea that there's only a chosen few who should have the right to the things that God is, pro- the good things that God is promising, and you embed that <laughs> into the very fabric of the country, the culture to, you know, the things that people do. I don't know. It to me is like, okay, well, it makes a lot of sense that people feel this way. I mean, I don't agree with it, but I I think, you know, it's kind of like, okay, how can we not have these people losing their shit thinking that, oh yeah, we're going to bring Christ back so that the bad (laughs) ones could get their due and we could go to heaven or whatever the hell they're supposed to be going. And it's just it's just really interesting. And I feel like that also ties into like this um this split uh that you see between you know in the psyche that's happening too. Like you see it in the country, you see it in 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 uh the way people talk about things. It's like people have really divided themselves in two, um, in terms of like what it means to be good versus what it means to be bad and like you could be like how you can still be racist and you can still be sexist and homophobic and transphobic and all of these things and still be like, Oh, but I praise God and I'm a good Christian and blah, 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 Mm blah. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says that and a hat and I want underpants that say it across the ass. 
please and thank you get that started right away oh my gosh (laughs) you know I gotta just say like it's interesting because you know as a as a consulting astrologer when I'm looking at people's birth charts and I'm looking at the religiosity and the dogma that they were raised with I'm not just looking at Jupiter I'm looking at Saturn because religion often is like this imposed morality right? That is punishing, which is what you were all three talking about, is the difference between a spiritual relationship to God or gods or goddesses, please and thank you. Um, But we're also talking about people who are looking for, you know, daddy to say, do this, do that, go to bed, you know, like without dessert. Oh, wait, there's a dessert. You did well. You know, there's this way that 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 happens on a like familial level. But when we look at this country, which is supposed to have a separation of church and state, we absolutely do not. And so much of what um, senators and congresspeople and presidents do is specifically to cater to Christian religious communities and to center uh, Christian values and Christian thought. And, you know, this is not something that I'm not trying to suggest I'm against Christianity, but it is important to understand that we are a multi-ethnic, multi-religious, multi-racial uh, society. And uh, the government doesn't necessarily reflect that. And when we look at this inauguration chart, we see pressure on that theme with that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction and the sun so close to that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction and this eighth house, plus a bunch of other things. But uh, we definitely, I think, are going to have this conversation in public a lot more, you know? Hopefully that results in change instead of greater restrictions and rules. We shall see. I think that's actually a good segue because the next house is the ninth house. And even today, the ninth house typically has to do with shipping, sea traffic, long distances, travel, all sorts of things connected with travel, uh, passengers, commerce, communication, broadcasting film, but also religion, the churches, the preachers, the laws, the courts, the judges, universities, professors, philosophical and scientific institutions and publications. So after four years of, you know, Christo, Christo fascist regime thinking, essentially, here we are with Venus and Pluto in the ninth house, I think, in all of our charts. Correct. Is that true? Uh, Pluto and Venus. Yeah, I got that both in the Mm -hmm. ninth. So it's kind of like saying we might have to really reevaluate what we value about our faiths, whatever they might be, and what Mm -hmm. change about them. Because today I saw an article from the, I think it was the Chicago Tribune from a Catholic preacher who started to say he was apologizing for all the times he did not stand up and say that what Trump was doing was wrong essentially mm, finally saying basically that each time he did this in each mass he would see people leaving right mm. so now his you know congregation's a little bit split because you have those who feel like you know you can't say that or i'm a trump supporter where do i belong and those who are like no you shouldn't talk about this what about black lives matter and then he's you know staying the course and being like no you know i i have to say this even if it makes me uncomfortable even if i lose you i still want to take care of you but we have to talk about why what happened was wrong right mm. And I think there's going to be a lot of discussion about faith and where it belongs in our world, especially because that Capricorn house is ruled by Saturn Aquarius in the 10th. So I think there, like you said, there will be more public conversation about what we believe in, what the faith is, what the Mm -hmm. philosophy is, what's going on with the churches, right? We have lots of issues with our churches, including the Catholic church, right? We all know about this long history of child sex abuse and sexual abuse going through. We know that the universities have their own levels of corruption, you know, funding. You know, I think there was one thing, was it MIT up there that had some connections to Jeffrey Epstein for a couple of years and they were hiding it? 
right? Ugh. So it's really talking about the power dynamics that are happening in these upper realms of our society that's dictating how we think about things and believe in things and learn about things, right? You can't have pedophiles hanging out in MIT. Mm. That's a problem, right? right? Because that stuff trickles down into the education somehow, some way. So I think there might be some education reform. Hopefully with Venus and Pluto here, we might have some loan relief. I don't know, but I think that would be great. Hopefully the churches will be getting some renovation. People might start leaving or might start forming their own congregations, I think, looking for community that way. Um, But we'll see. I mean, it's interesting, you know, the three of us are talking about this and historically, really, for for a very long time, astrologers would be 11th house and 11th house only. But there's been a shift in the culture. And I think more and more people are and masses of people are kind of receiving their spiritual connection and their ministry from astrologers and what have been alternative spiritual practices. And I'm kind of interested in what that's going to look like and whether or not we are going to be relegated off the internet because of that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. My concern, of course, is around net neutrality and, you know, whether or not the internet is going to stay free and stay independent because um, astrologers certainly rely on a free internet in order to get our work out in the world and to to talk about these very concepts we are exploring right now. And uh, I also just wanted to add what you're talking about with the church, which is, you know, I've really been thinking about and listening to uh, different podcasts where people talk about the role of the church in BLM and how in the civil rights movement of the 60s, the church was a huge part of it. And that's not been the case this time around in most recent years in the same way. And I think that that's a really interesting thing that these religious institutions need to become uh, realigned with activism and with civic engagement in that ninth house like way does that does that resonate with you guys I'm interested in what you think I think I think no I you know it's funny that you said that Jessica because I I have been thinking about that kind of quietly to myself about like this idea around how astrology is going to um you know, progress going forward. Cause I know that we've had like this big boom and, you know, a lot more people interested than probably has been interested in, in that we can basically quantify. Cause I don't, I don't know what that might've looked like, you know, in the seventies or, you know, prior to that, but I just thinking about like the popularity and like all these books coming out and apps and things like that. And wondering if we do go in a direction that is, um, you know, more on the extremists, more on, you know, the evangelical side, like, is it going to be one of those like modern day book burning kind of situations? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like a a modern day witch hunt? You know, I, I, you know, I'm an Aquarius moon, so I I tend to go (laughs) a little bit on the dystopian side when it comes to certain things like that. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah, You know, Janelle teases me all the time. She's like, oh God. (laughs) To me, that sounds like common sense. I don't know about you. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, that's real. But no, but yeah, but I definitely have been having those little kind of like thoughts that have been popping up of like, huh. You know, what happens Do we, what happens if we have to get, go underground hmm. again? It's funny because since we've been talking about this even before, I was thinking it'd be nice to look up some of the Holy War charts, mm. um, the Inquisition charts, and just looking at points in time in which knowledge was persecuted. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
and also different, you know, ways. I want to do that research. I want to read that research. I want to listen to that research. That is really an important uh, thing because as astrologers, we can kind of see when we need to be worried about it, if we need to be worried about it. And then hopefully, Janelle, you can make fun of me and Mecca for being worried about it because none of the astrological signatures line up. That's the hope. (laughs) Well, you know, here's the thing. I Even when the signatures line up and it's clear that it's coming, at least we have the foresight, right? At least we can see it and hopefully we can get other people to see it and act upon it before it's an issue, which is Mm -hmm. always our issue, right? Will you be screaming into the void? How long have we been talking about this, right? For months and months and months. It's going to be bad, guys. It's going to be terrible. Oh, when's it getting better? Not now. And here we are. Right. So it's kind of like us, hopefully at this point, once people see that we are doing our best to be helpful and we're not trying to get over anyone or do anything like that, we really just want, we want peace. Like I want a good world. Mm -hmm. I would much rather we use this chart to clean up the earth and heal stuff than have to be worrying about, you know, death and destruction around every fucking turn, like corner, you know, like I'm not into it. From your mouth to God's ears, whoever (laughs) that God may be. (laughs) The pantheon, like everybody who's listening. Yeah, 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 that's right. right. And hopefully, I'm hoping that because it is Capricorn ruled by this Saturn and Aquarius that we open up religion, right? Because I think Kamala Harris is coming in with a background that's coming through India, right? So hope I don't know what her faith is. I don't know what her family faith was. It well, Hinduism she's, or she's multiracial and her husband's Jewish mm-hmm. and uh, you know she's she is such a hopeful inspiration. I mean, as I, I talked about in our last uh, conversation, my criticisms, some of my criticisms of her, but she represents an unprecedented position, right? Like nobody has been as as mixed as she is. And it's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's so American. So it's pulling that into the ninth house. And I think I really do when I think of looking at her chart compared to this chart, I'm like, you have to be the messenger here. You have to present how we can go forward because you are a culmination of that energy, right? Your parents met from different parts of the world and came here to have you right? And start a life. Like you are the epitome of this dream. So you have to represent and pose it and model it to people and say, we're not threats. We've been here all along. You know, like we can be peaceable together and we can open up religion and you don't have to be threatened by it because you know what? You can learn. (laughs) And the reason why you're so scared because you don't bother to learn and open up and, and see that it's not a threat to you in any shape or form. We can share this space. There are more commonalities than differences, I think. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's pray for it, folks. (laughs) Anything else about the ninth? Nothing happening, nothing important. I think we're good. We're good? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was being sarcastic again. All right. All right. No, it's totally fine because we're going to need humor to get all through. through Oh, my God. To get through the 10th house, we need a lot of humor. Learn about colonialism, past, present, and ongoing. Educate yourself about whose land you're living on, and if you can, make a monetary donation or pay a land tax to that tribe. Visit our native land at native-land.ca. The link is in show notes. All right. So the 10th house typically has to do with, I'm going to say my notes, um, the monarch or president, the government, the people in authority, royalty, eminent families, persons, national trade, national reputation, and publications. So this is all about, you know, how we're presenting in the public space. Uh, This has Aquarius on the cusp. I'm using Aquarius as, uh, as being governed by Saturn in Aquarius. And I wanted to touch upon the the uh, Sabian symbol 
for wait, Saturn. Wait, wait. Sorry, mm. let me just jump in. How do we have different midheaven signs and degrees? That's un- that's not supposed to happen. We're supposed to have the same midheaven, no? So I have the midheaven at 26 Capricorn. Cap- okay, so, oh, I see. But your house doesn't, I'm sorry, I forgot which house system you're using. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's just to anyone who's listening. In whole signs, the MC and IC can float around. So it doesn't always have to be stable in the 10th. It can move usually between the 8th, uh, 9th, 10th, and 11th, and sometimes 12th house. Dear Lord. And then, Mecca, do you also have the mid-heaven as no. floating? floating? Um, yeah, my, mine is floating because I'm using equal houses. So I don't... But you have don't, Capricorn on the house cusp. No, I actually have uh, Aquarius there. So, okay. So I'm I'm the only one with the Capricorn house cusp on the 10th. Check mm-hmm. and mate. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to figure out where I am. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, good. Go, go. So, um, I like this. Well, not that I like this Saturn, but I'm very interested in this Saturn because this Saturn is in control of pretty much all the planets in this chart. So everybody is responding back to Saturn. Saturn is the governor, the ruler. Even though he's not the chart ruler, he still governs that chart ruler by, uh, I guess, dispositor, essentially. If you do jumping jacks around the chart, who belongs to who? Saturn is the last guy. Mm. So for example, Mars is in in Taurus. Taurus is ruled by Venus and Capricorn. Venus and Capricorn is ruled by Saturn in Aquarius, okay? So you can do that with all the planets and land back with Saturn. Okay, so he has a lot of power in this chart. So I thought, let's look at what that degree is in Sabian symbols. We have three degrees of Aquarius, and it is a deserter from the Navy stands suddenly aware of the dawning truth. Freedom is never the result of compromise. Mm. Do you see this as a three degree Saturn? Because it's three degrees and 55 minutes, which I would say from a Sabian, in general, I would say is a four degree Saturn. And from a Sabian symbol, I think you're supposed to round it up. Mm-hmm. So we can do both. And then the following degree <laughs> is a four Aquarius is a Hindu healer glows with a mystic healing power. Harris for president. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting, right? Because we have someone who's having who has that lineage coming into the White House. Mm-hmm. So some of the, uh, the uh, keywords around the first degree from the deserter degree is rebellion leaving, although allegiance has been pledged, opting out because of pressure, harassment, or bullying, taking risks to get out of a dangerous, destructive, alienating situation, being left behind by someone who's jumped ship, going AWOL, uh, standing by personal truths, refusing to compromise. And then some of the cautions include not playing by the rules of social structured games, self-ruin, refusal to face social consequences, not turning up, uh, withdrawing support in physical, emotional, or spiritual ways, blowing security, rats deserting the sinking ship. So I think we know who that's talking about. No, who could it possibly be? <laughs> um, can I just, can I just get like, I know, can I just get like turning up, like turn up for what? Like, yeah. wait, what? Wait, is yeah. that like, how is that meant? Is that how it's meant? Not turning up? Not no. turning up. I guess I, guess, I would think so. Does right? it mean Not- like showing up or does it mean turning up? I think it could be both. Okay. I think it could be both. What book are you up. getting this from? I, this I is to ask you. from 360 Degrees of Wisdom, Charting Your Destiny with the Sabian Symbol Oracle by Linda Hill. Okay. Okay. Starting, and let's look at the- up with Linda Hill. So that's one degree. So maybe we can talk about maybe that's the what we're leaving behind because Saturn is moving toward the fourth degree by a couple of seconds. And so the four degree Aquarius uh, keywords are divine healing potency, natural healing methods, going on faith, humanity in the face of greatness, yogis and Farkas, 
Finding One Center, Healers of All Kinds, Glowing Health, Radiating Love, Spirit, and Calm, Tapping Vast Reservoirs of Healing Forces, Reverence for Simple Methods, Auras That Radiate, Urine Therapy, hmm, Pranic Mm. Energy, Reiki (laughs) Healing, Um, and then the caution is False Claims of Powers, Charlatans, Claims of Healing That Are Just Manipulation, Snake Oil Salesmen, Tricks with Smoke and Mirrors, What to Trust, What to Believe, Orthodox Healing Methods, Orthodox healing methods, failing to cure, and feeling invincible. It's like, I, I, checks out. I mean, that checks mm-hmm. out. If anything checks out, I mean, can we add Q to the list? Yeah. Let's add Q to the list. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. So that Saturn is pretty much in charge. And so I think we're seeing a mix of that already. We're leaving behind some of that deserter energy, hopefully, and stepping into more healing. But we have to be mindful about wishful thinking and being fooled by people who are offering things that are not grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. remember, we have to work for this change. We have, healing is work. As a healer, <laughs> when I used to have patients be like, when is it going to be done? Are you changing your diet? No. Are you sleeping <laughs> well? No. Are you drinking water? Uh-uh. Exercise? No. So what change? Do you expect to happen with your once a week treatment here? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's really, it's a difficult thing. Well, it's such an interesting thing that I have this uh, 10th house cusp in Capricorn um, and it's very tightly conjoined to Pluto. It's the tightest uh, aspect other than that Mars-Uranus conjunction in the chart. You know, it just gives me such a different take on it. But of course, you know, as you're naming all the Saturn energy, it's only strengthened and reiterated for for me because I have that Capricorn midheaven uh, for this chart, which, you know, whether we're dealing with the Capricorn midheaven or we're dealing with Saturn in the 10th, it makes sense because we're looking at a presidential inauguration, right? We are looking, we would expect to see something like this in any inaugural chart because that is what we're looking at, right? Um, This is not what I'd want to see for a marriage, but it's not the worst thing for an inauguration. Mm. Yeah. No, I I would say that I agree with, with what both of you are saying in terms of, um, you know, the Saturn emphasis uh, on this midheaven and this chart. Um, I think I would piggyback off of what you were saying, Janelle, because in this chart, we have Mercury and Aquarius in, inside the 10th. And who's, you know, being influenced by Saturn. And to me, when I see that, it's like, you know, don't just speak about it, be about it. You know, mm-hmm. like you you can't be the nice and shiny things and then no follow through. And I think, again, like, you know, we were talking about this uh, last time. I was talking about, you know, the administration. We were talking about like what messages that they're sending through to the public, it can't just be this focus on let's move on, let's go, let's, you know, let's come together with no real acknowledgement to all the stuff because it's not going away. You know, like the, 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 the MAGA people, Proud Boys, you know, all these people who want to see uh, the United States torn asunder. And those of us who, you know, who look like us, you know, go with it. it it's just like, you, we can't, we can't sweep this under the rug. And the fact that Mercury is up there, out there in such a, in the top, you know, the highest point of the chart, Mercury's there. It really is about like talking about all of these things that people don't necessarily want to discuss and bringing it to the open. I think about, um, to, to the point about like the charlatans, that's definitely something that, I had wrote about, you know, for the 2021 horoscopes and talking about like, you know, especially with Jupiter gets to Pisces. I think that's definitely going to be something that we're going to have to be mindful of because I think Jupiter and Pisces can be 
uh, it can be, it can, it can give us some of the bomb, you know, cause I think when we talk about Jupiter and Aquarius and like this emphasis on Aquarius is very intellectual. Everything's very intellectualized, right? We're talking and talking and discussions and things like that. When we get to that Jupiter and Pisces transit, I think it's going to be more about the emotion of it, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of lending some emotion to these thoughts and, you know, putting some heart into it. But at the same time, on the flip side of that, of course, you know, Jupiter loves to talk a good game, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Jupiter loves to like, you know, and I say this as a Sag, like I know, you know, I know my kind, <laughs> you know, like I know what we could do. We could make, you know, we could polish a turd like nobody's business and, and, and sell that shit, you know, like <laughs> really Call be the like. silver lining fair. <laughs> I'm sorry, my, Mer- my Mercury is a Capricorn, so, you know. I like- was going to say, I was about to say, but you and Mercury and Capricorn, so you're speaking my language about yourself, and I respect. Also, I have I Mars mean, and Sag. I mean, it's not know, like I have no Sag. I, I, mean, so I, I know, I know. I mean, no, but on the positive, I mean, yes, on the positive side, yes, silver lining, finding the uh, the humor in the situation, finding the lesson in the situation, finding the hope and the optimism, absolutely. I think that that's where Jupiter shines, for sure. But but on the flat on the on the flip side of it, you know, Jupiter can de- definitely be like, you know, the used uh, car salesperson who's just mm-hmm. trying to get over and trying to get that deal without really um, having any care about the person that they're selling it to, and you know that that dynamic between Mercury and uh, Jupiter you know, and like how it can be very slick, very, you know, saying what you want to hear, very like making things sound greater than what they really are. And I definitely think with with this emphasis on Saturn here, it really is going to be about paying attention to the facts and looking, you know, doing the research, uh, you know, really kind of like sitting with the information, you know, like, and I think about that, you know, for myself the other day when I like almost got duped by that um, timestamp where uh, someone on the the Trump administration's website was like, oh yeah, that. yeah, the president, yeah, the presidency ended on this certain time. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? Like I had new, and then somebody was like, no, it's a glitch. And I was like, oh shit. So I it had wasn't to go, a glitch. I had to- somebody in the administration left their job and on their way out, they changed it. And it was an act, it was like a, an act against the administration. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so anyway, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. And I was like jumping in. I was like analyzing it. And and I had to like backtrack a little bit and like delete the tweet ultimately because it was still getting engagement. And I didn't want to further any wrong information. And so I was like, yep, this is the, you know, this is the Gemini Sag nodes in action. You know, that Saturn energy in action of like, you know, double double check your facts and sometimes sit with the info. Not everything needs to be commented on. Um, sometimes you got to kind of sit with the info information first before like running to like share it and run, running and, and telling people. So that that's kind of like my take on that. Mm. I, if I could throw in a couple more words, because I do have like a different view of this. So my midheaven here, it's the also the 10th house cusp, and I have Pluto and the sun hugging it. And I want to just acknowledge that for me, this, you know, and keeping in mind, this is inaugural chart. So we're looking at the presidency of the 46th. Um, so Biden-Harris. And we're also just looking at our, our um, the USA's uh, international standing. And having that Pluto-Sun Midheaven conjunction represents a transformational change to our identity on the world stage, which, of course, we already know has happened. So now all these other nations can call bullshit on us, which is long deserved, right? Mm. And, you know, the 45 has really made that kind of uh, 
we have we have no more arrogance. Our American arrogance, somebody's popped the bubble and it was Trump. And I think that there's going to be a call for humility, that midheaven in Capricorn, uh, that Saturn prominence in the 10th house. It's a call for humility because we have been so punishing and moralistic historically. And I think that there is a way that because Saturn and Jupiter are conjoined, and of course the sun is involved in that. I keep on, we, I think we keep on ignoring that, but it's a meaningful detail that the sun's at almost one, Saturn's almost four, and Jupiter's at seven of Aquarius. Whenever Jupiter and Saturn meet, we are dealing with limited resources. So we want to expand Jupiter and our debts, our obligations, our uh, responsibilities kind of slow down our progress. And so whether we're talking about religion or governance or, you know, Janelle, as you were talking about in the last episode, infrastructure, roads and bridges and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I think that these things are going to be an important part of this this new presidency. And, you know, I think Janelle was also you who mentioned the Green New Deal being a meaningful part of this. I think we're going to see this. I think um, we can also see from this 10th house the need for greater cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. And I think that can go sideways on us real quick, but it's mm-hmm. in the chart very strong. And, you know, for me, I've got, and we can, we'll get into this more in a moment, I've got Mercury in Aquarius in the 11th house, not in the 10th house. So I have a different take on that than, than the two of you are likely to Um, But for me, I think we are going to really see this presidency having to make meaningful legislative changes to um, all these themes, right? And I think that these legislative changes, as we know, will move incredibly slowly and we can expect Republicans not to roll over, but instead to be like, no. No, we can't do anything. They're just this this obstructionist party. That's not going away. With the Jupiter-Saturn um, conjunction, we know that we are not going to have quick progress. And if we do have pro- progress, it will be incremental. That is reiterated by those two planets forming a square to the Mars-Jupiter conjunction. You know, it's going to be like one step forward, three steps back, four steps forward, two steps back. It's going to be inconsistent and incremental. And on a psychological level, the way that that impacts the heart of a nation, you know, and also, you know, because the U.S. is a superpower, it's destabilizing for the world and not just for Americans in the U.S. But the way that this is likely to impact us, I think, is by making everyone really jumpy and making people do all all manner of things from, you know, the primary coping mechanisms of fight or flight. So disassociating and really being super interested in what is that Bridgerton bullshit or whatever. <laughs> like, like that's all we can talk about because it's so much better than looking at what's actually happening in front of us or doing what so many other people are doing, which is fighting, just pointing fingers and blame instead of what the best parts of this energy calls for is having a more engaged, more activated populace. And so that all of these like activists and people who marched for the first time and got involved for the first time or voted for the first time through, you know, the terror of Trump's reign will stay engaged and continue to invest in local governments so that the local governments better uphold and represent on a federal level what we need as a nation. I mean, the energy is here for meaningful Uh, transformation of the United States. You know, this is a federal chart as opposed to a local chart, but I do think there's a way to kind of look at, at more local governments and because they come from people, you know, they're powered by the people, how they can force pressure on um, on the Biden-Harris uh, administration. And then one last thing I'll say about this, which again, I'll reiterate when I look at Mercury in the 11th, 
is the role of youth. <laughs> Listen to me sounding old as I say that, but the, you know, the, the role of youth is deeply important for all social movements. We see this whenever Saturn's in Aquarius. Um, and we certainly saw this uh, in, in state and federal uh, elections this round. And I think we have the potential for seeing young people having more of a voice and being heard more by this administration because of Jupiter's presence here. But because of Saturn's presence on the positive, it could become uh, moved into legislative law. It can become a part of, of the structures or it could be a lot of fucking lip service and a lot of like, yes, we shall put that on the agenda. And then it happening incredibly slowly if it happens at all. Because of Pluto's involvement, I do imagine that nothing is going to be swept under the rug successfully. You know, people are going to continue to rattle at our cages, demanding to be heard and demanding change, whatever that looks like, you know, and whoever's rattling which cage, that could be a very good or very bad thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. To piggyback off of that, I wanted to look at the Sabian symbol for Jupiter because I think it is actually tying into all of what you just said. So seven degrees of Aquarius is listed as a child born out of an eggshell. And it talks about signifying innovative ways of doing things with new directions and new solutions. You need to find a unique approach that will give you the ability to follow unusual and orig original paths leading to new emergence. And it's the idea of transmutation, the birth of new creative original impulse, incubated ideas coming to fruition, genetic engineering, in vitro fertilization, people beyond their time, mutation, seeking the unusual, the unexpected birth, the desire to have children, the nurturing egg, emerging in a unique way, the matrix and the casket, the struggle to break free genetic engineering again into indigo children children who seem unrelated to their parents or adoption which is pretty important after everything that's happened mm -hmm. and we're seeing children needing parents and homes and then the caution is being different only to follow fashion so stunting right showing up to the protest to take selfies is not what we're Ugh. about okay yeah. <laughs> afraid of new ideas lack of support spoiled and naive attitudes rebellion uneasiness prejudice and racial stereotypes refusing to believe even what the eyes can see wow hey sabian symbols doing it right can i also make a vote for your new t-shirt line to also have one that says matrix to the casket <laughs> because i don't know who the fuck wrote that but i am impressed and i will wear that again upon my underwear on a hat or in a shirt so well played god matrix yeah. and the casket so yeah i think we're going to see a lot of that energy coming through where there's going to be i i personally believe the administration is walking a very fine line between you know right-wing fashion just, you know, trying to take over and a more liberal left leaning or progressive faction pushing them to progress. And I yeah. think every time they sway too far to the conservative tried and true, they're going to get hell from the left. Like it's going to be like almost as bad as being attacked by the right. I think I think there's gonna be such a desperation. Like, do you understand what we've just survived? And all of it is sourcing back to these old ways of doing the same things over and over and over again. You can't call mm -hmm. ourselves innovative and the first and the leaders of the free world if we're still doing stuff like it's 1945. Like, what the mm -hmm. hell? <laughs> you know, I have to yeah. say, as I as you say this, I'm like, just wait. Jupiter, you just read the Sabian symbol for Jupiter at seven of Aquarius and Biden's Pluto's at seven of Leo. And that's got to mean something. And I haven't like studied it. I'm just seeing it as we go. But uh, that, that to me is really important because I, I wonder if it really signifies his own struggle for keeping up with progressive agendas and, mm -hmm. and really being able to be an advocate for the people. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's my fear with his chart. It's like yes. I'm fearful that he will get stuck. 
right? Mm-hmm. He's a very fixed chart kind of guy. He has a stellium in Scorpio, a moon in Taurus and Pluto in Leo. And I think a couple of other things possibly in some fixed signs. So my fear is that he'll get stuck in the old yep. and be unwilling to change. And also just looking at his health and well-being, like you can't stay stuck when you're in this kind of state. You can't stay stuck when you're that age and not have it show up in your body. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think I think that that's a really important point. So these are all just things for for us, you know, as Americans or people looking at the U.S. to to keep on being considerate of. But this Jupiter, to me, that really strengthens the presence and importance of Jupiter as though it needed um, to be more important. But the fact that it hits the, the 46s chart is important. It's meaningful. Yeah, we're definitely be watching him quite closely. I will say that I still have Mercury in that 10th house. Um, so I like I, I do like what you said, Jessica, about the children being a big part of the conversation going mm-hmm. forward. I do think the youth are going to step in and be like, hey, you guys are leaving. We still we still got this joint for another. We're week. stuck here. You were stuck here. So yeah. don't think we're going to let you do whatever. And we yeah. just take it. It's not going to go down like that. Can mm-hmm. we take a moment to acknowledge like when I say the youth and I'm looking at Jupiter, I'm thinking 25 and younger. Mm-hmm. What are y'all thinking when you when you say the youth in in this like context that we're talking about it not the fifth house context but the that Jupiter at the top of the chart Mercury at the top of the chart well, I still consider myself a Ute. So, <laughs> but that's because I have that Jupiter in Aquarius too. So I feel like I'm wrapped up in this uh, kind of conversation, but I also feel that's because I'm an early millennial, millennial, blah, blah, and I feel like we've been denied our, our natural progress into the power system. Right. Because I think we just got AOC and Ilhan and all of them just to get in to elections recently and into seats. So I almost feel like some of the millennials are also wrapped up in this because we're also Pluto and Scorpio. So our power dynamic has to do with the transformation of the country, too. So you think so you think a 35 year old is a youth? Not so much as a youth, but generationally, I think it's part of our story. But I think it was delayed. <laughs> that is that is a whole larger conversation because I would say that the Pluto and Leo generation have really are they're the generation that that were like, I'm never letting go of my youth. Mm-hmm. And ever since we have seen that with pretty much everyone except for the Pluto and Virgo people, they're just like, you can have your fucking youth. Yeah. But everyone else, I think, has <laughs> been like our youth is getting extended and extended. 40s the new 30 and 50s the new 20. And you know, I think that's like a cultural thing. But I think in terms of like thinking in terms of voting blocks and like economic power and all that kind of stuff and yeah I think I think so you know for for me and again watch me be a fucking time stickler I'm a Capricorn but <laughs> I would say like 35 is definitely not like uh demographically youth even though it might feel I mean I feel young and I'm 46 but um but I do think yeah 25 and younger for me is is like the you know these young people grew up with school shootings in a different way than a 35 or 45 year old did. Um, They grew up with technology in a different way. They have a really different experience of technology and liberty and the world in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully the Pluto in Virgo, Pluto in Libra, Pluto in Scorpio, Pluto in Sag, all you guys up and ready. The clarion call is coming. Everyone is lining up for duty, I think is what's going to start happening. And that will be an Aquarius type thing, right? Everyone from all walks have to show up and present what they want to add to the pot and add their wisdom. Absolutely. <sighs> all right. 11th house. It's <laughs> 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 just so much. We're in it. Well, now we, we got to win win this shit. <laughs> come on. Oh come. my God. Okay. Um, so the 11th house typically has to do with parliament, especially the house of Commons. So the book I'm reading is from the UK in the 1930s. So we have to translate into American politics. So the house and commons and parliament, what, what the Senate and uh, the house? 
Mm-hmm. Roughly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, town and county councils and similar bodies, uh, friends of the nation and legislation. I have Pisces on this cusp, ruled by Jupiter and Aquarius, and I also have Neptune in this house. Um, I'm hoping that that Jupiter and Aquarius will kind of bring about that uh, eggshell Sabian symbol through legislation where we're going to be trying out new and innovative things. But like Jessica said, there will be resistance. There will be fighting because sometimes change is difficult to accept. But Mm -hmm. I do think that will be a thing. And then when Neptune in that house, I'm really curious as to will there be a loosening of uh, the boundaries between the parties or within the party? Will there be more dissolving of the parties happening? Um, Will there be more imagination around legislation or will there be more delusion around it? That Neptune's not too badly uh, aspected, so I'm not too sure. Mm. I have Neptune in the 12th um, in my chart. So this is where this is like the fun part of the charts where where we have real big differences. When I look at that Mercury in the 11th, I think there's a lot of things that come up for me. Um, and again, keeping in mind that it's this inaugural chart, that the story of this inauguration will live in infamy. <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be an important story. It's also part of like when I question like, will they really do it in DC? Will they really do it at noon? That Mercury um, in a Aquarius in the 11th, um, square to the ascendant. It does kind of make me question that a little bit more. And I think that the the kind of outreach to young people for me is that reiteration of talking about youth, um, the outreach to young people and the kind of using what what has what has already been kind of like used in the democratic, uh, I guess the primary and the run, um, using the social media and the internet as a way to reach out to young people and to engage them civically, I think that's just going to continue. Like the quickness with which that fly on Pence's head mm-hmm. made it to merch. You know what I mean? It was just like, okay, so they've got young people doing social. They've got young people working with messaging um, in a way that doesn't only speak to um, older people. It speaks to young people now. So I think that's a lot of what this Mercury placement is about. And it's just reiterated by Aquarius, which is not per se associated with youth or youth culture, but it is with youth culture at the same time, right? It's like all those cultures that are about innovation. And so much of that is about youth culture, even if it's not necessarily young people, you know, as us all three being beautiful youth culture people slash also not all young. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So, you know, uh, so, so that's kind of my hot take on this 11th house Mercury. Um, And then, you know, for me, when we get to the 12th, I have five planets in it. So it's like heavy stacked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know when I think about the 11th house I see it as being the house that is uh, related to the future you know kind of like what we are planning for the future and seeing Neptune there I think it's a mixture of where we have to be mindful of trying to kid ourselves about the future yeah. and also um, having the hope right for the future of what we can become of what we can do one thing I was going to think, I was thinking about, and I don't, this is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but I was also thinking about that, going back a little bit where we're talking about like the ninth house stuff um, and like this, this thing around like information and, you know, um, schools of thought and philosophies and things like that. I'm, I'm thinking about like, since Jupiter is in charge of this, this house, it reminds me of what you used to talk about, Janelle, about like, um, you know, mixing uh, Western medicine with like Eastern, you mm-hmm. know, and like thinking about new ways of like bringing healing to people, especially, you know, where so much is sick. 
So many of us are sick, you know, for various reasons, um, not just because of COVID, but it's part of this future in talking about like innovation and doing things that are new, you know, can we see some of that also being implemented in the way in which we uh, heal um, or uh, treat people? So that that's kind of like where my mind goes with that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Let's <laughs> move on to the 12th. So give me a second here. The 12th house usually has to do with prisons, reformatories, criminals, spies, secret enemies of the country at home or abroad, hospitals, asylums, almshouses, workhouses, charitable institutions, possibly secret societies and mystical or occult religions. And I have Aries on that cusp. I have the moon in Aries in this house. And this cusp is ruled by this Mars in Taurus conjunct Uranus. So uh, (laughs) I think there might be a lot of things busting out from the 12th house, according to this house. Like, so all the secret societies and the uh, conspiracy theory people are becoming more prominent and more active out in the public world, most likely. But maybe also those institutions too, you know, whether it be hospitals or charitable organizations, revolutionize and become more aggressive about how they go about doing their work is a possibility too, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think they're going to find that they're very much needed in the aftermath of everything that's happened. Um, But probably having to reform how they work because things have changed. And I think that's a big part of this chart is like changes everywhere. And we can't deny it anymore. We can't stay in the past. We can't stay in Capricorn forever. No offense to Capricorn, but time marches on. And as time marches on, you know, the environment around us is shifting. So I am very curious about that. And then the moon being back there, I think we're just going to have more and more people possibly either finding faith in something um, for for better or for worse. It is at the anorectic degree at 29, so it's a little bit unstable and potentially, um, you know, a little bit angering at times too. So I'm a little bit concerned about more religious extreming, extremism popping up too. And people acting on it. works too. Extreming. Religious extreming. I like that. I feel like let's just, let's just put them in their place and tell them they're extreming. Yeah. <laughs> like you're extremeing yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> So being people be becoming very passionate to, you know, an extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you handle that? How do you tell people like they have a right to feel what they feel, but they don't have to explode over it? And does it help them to explode over it? Mm. Yeah. <sighs> For me, when I look at that moon, so I have Neptune in Pisces at 19 degrees. Um, I've got Chiron at 530 of Aries. I've got all of Aries intercept that moon at 29 at that anoretic degree of Aries. And then I also have Mars and Uranus in Taurus in the 12th house. So for me, it's a heavily stacked 12th. And I would add to that list of what the 12th house represents. It's the subconscious psyche. It's the um, private motivation of the collective. It is the collective or morphic field of a nation um, when we're looking at this particular chart. And for me, the fact that the moon is in the anoretic degree where Mars was when the January, January 6th domestic terrorist attack on the Capitol occurred, I imagine that our feelings about that and how safe families feel in this nation, so both our feelings as individuals, our feelings as a nation, and how families feel safe or not in this nation is going to be a meaningful part of this presidency. I don't think we're going to shake that. You know, I think that the Biden administration is going to be heavily touched by that. And I think that there is a way that we can expect with this presidency that there's going to be 
anger and obstruction and frustration, and there's going to be division. Whether or not it's at the surface, you know, the 12th house wouldn't reveal. Um, the 12th house would suggest it's under the surface, but Pluto conjunct the midheaven would suggest otherwise. So would Saturn and Jupiter and the sun all in the 10th. Um, so I think it's both going to be under the under the surface in, as Janelle, as you're saying, like in cults and conspiracy theories, whether those are, you know, religiously sanctioned or not. But also, you know, we had camps here in the United States, you know, we've had camps, it's not the first time in American history that we did that, but we have imprisoned and detained families who are fleeing persecution. We have separated children from their parents. And the Biden administration is going to need to do everything they can to reunite those families. And it will be somewhat impossible because of the way the Trump administration did it. And so I think that, you know, and we still have people detained, um, I would say unlawfully and cruelly. And so that is, you know, a big part of this 12th house, having Chiron and Mars and Uranus, all these planets in there. I mean, Chiron's not a planet, but having all these bad boys in there, um, for me, has a lot to do with, with camps and detention centers and prisons. And having Mars, Uranus, and Chiron all in there, I think, suggests the potential for prison reform, again, being more of a national conversation. But I also have a concern or an interest in, because I can see this as a positive or negative, as people from within institutions, and in particular from within the prison system, fighting back Mm -hmm. and finding their voice, which, you know, social media has given individuals that are incarcerated a voice for the first time in this particular way. And I think that there is a way that that can become an explosive um, thing from the inside out, right? The 12th house is the inside out. And we are also, because Mars, Uranus, and Chiron are all involved, because the moon is at that anoretic degree of Aries, there is this potential for this to be uh, impacting in particular males or male issues, right? So this is where we think about prisons, although, of course, people of all genders are incarcerated. Within that, You know, I see further explosive defensive energies in this 12th house. I see the Republican Party um, and potentially, you know, the fucking the white supremacists are trying to create a third party called the Patriot Party. And they are trying to, you know, infiltrate and make a three party system. Um, So they are extremists and they will organize and they will come together um, as suggested by this chart, this 12th house. I would say that the potential here is for radical change to be made slowly over the course of time or explosively in moments, but it's not necessarily going to show up in public the way it's happening. So we can't always trust the way things present themselves because of the depth of the 12th house that I'm seeing in this chart. And, you know, with an inaugural chart, one does not want to see a heavily stacked 12th house. (laughs) It's not where you want to see things like that. And then the final thing I'll, I'll name, given that Neptune and all these other planets are in the 12th, is that there's a concern for me around hospitals, right? So further institutions and whether we're talking about mental health facilities or, you know, physical health facilities simply being burnt out. If mm-hmm. if the, the doctors and the nurses and the cleaning staff and all that kind of stuff, if they get sick with COVID, if they just, 
you know, are, are bearing the brunt of this, you know, month after month, year after year, God forbid, if that occurs, what will happen to our healthcare system? What if you, you know, Mackie, you're saying you, you like hurt your wrist. What if you hurt your wrist? What if you have a heart attack? Like our healthcare system cannot sustain itself the way it is, not just because of COVID, we were long going in this direction, but certainly under the weight of COVID, I, you know, that Neptune is, it, it creates a crumbling of, of structure. It mm. creates this kind of like um, a sieve to one's energy. And so in an inaugural chart, when we're looking at a presidency, uh, healthcare needs to be a primary issue, you know, reforming of institutions, um, but, but with heart, you know, with, with a kind of a guiding principle needs to occur. Otherwise, we will see um, the worst potential of a Neptune in the 12th house, which is, you know, unspeakably bad TBH. So those things are really worth um, naming and also naming a heavily stacked 12th house like this, in my view, is another indication, which we didn't need another one, of the proliferation of extremism um, and religious fanaticism and cults and all this kind of stuff. So just a good time over here. Just light, light and easy reading over here. <laughs> speak to your point, just a couple of hours ago, just a couple of hours ago, there was breaking news that uh, police had arrested a man at a security checkpoint in Washington with an unregistered handgun and 500, 500 rounds of ammunition. Oh, my God. And the only reason why they probably caught him is because he had uh, presented a, cre a credential that did not match. Um, so this is what we're dealing with. People are yeah. coming out of the woodworks with intention yeah. to cause harm. That's that yeah. Mars Uranus behind the scenes. It's the moon conjunct Mars and Uranus. The people are feeling inflamed enough to commit gunfire, right? Yep. Mars Uranus. And they've been collecting yeah. gun and ammo for years. Years. They've years. been, they have stockpiled. No, they yeah. have bunkers. The 12th house makes me think of people with bunkers. Yes. Yes. And, and preppers, right? Like there's, you've seen TV shows come out in the last year or two about preppers and like these, there's this like huge industry that's developed for rich people who are like, I don't care what happens to you. I don't care what kind of earth I survive in. I'm going to survive. Fuck y'all. I'm, I'm doing that. Right. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, and I think, mm -hmm. again, this is for me, this heavily stacked 12th. Mecca, do you have what planets do you have in the 12th in your chart? I have uh, the moon, Mars and Uranus uh, together in the 12th. Chiron as well or no? No, Chiron is in the 11th. But to me, when I see Chiron in the 11th, it's like the heal, healing the sickness you know within the collective um but then also people a lot of people feeling disem, disempowered you know or disenfranchised you know with that kind of run in Aries my my thing and, and I guess you know my this might be the idealistic Sagittarius coming through now with that moon being void of course uh in the 20 29th degree in the 12th my i can definitely see i agree with everything that both of you have said i think all of those are very very valid points and i think that definitely like the risk for terror attacks the risk for mm -hmm. um you know uh, beleaguered hospitals and and people who work with work within them detention centers and prisons like all of that all of it makes sense and the anger that that is like festering, you know, um, as a result of where we are. But I would say my thing with the 29 degree not void, of course, my thing is like my, my hope is that maybe <laughs> similar to the thing that Janelle just brought up in the news that like the intention, like they might have the intention, but for whatever stupid reason, it goes nowhere. <laughs> you know, like they've missed whatever key piece of, uh, 
information or details that they need to actually carry these acts out. Like, I hope that that my hope is that it continues to be like some sort of like bumbling situation, you know, like even like when we talk about the attack on the Capitol, right? The guys who came through with um, the, you know, the zip ties and who were there to like kidnap for, for whatever reason, they weren't able to get where they needed to go to tie anybody up. You know, it's kind of like they were foiled um, at the last minute. So my hope is that there's some sort of like, I don't know if it's divine intervention, 12th house or, you know, them having like the, not the foresight to carry it out. Cause like when we talk about 12th house, it's also about like things that are hidden or things that we don't clearly see. And so my thinking is like, maybe there's some details that they miss that ends up fucking up their plans and nothing like they, like Wiley Coyote, they blow themselves up or some shit. (laughs) I really enjoy your, your use of the word foil. I would like spiritual foiling for all white supremacists and their idiot plans. Yes. 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 Absolutely. I I don't know why I'm convinced that the two of you need to start a t-shirt line and that I just need to like write down all the cute things you both say and just be like, okay, go make that shirt so I can wear it. (laughs) <laughs> well, we do need to get some merch for the for the podcast. So maybe yes. that might be some things that we mm-hmm. we put down. Mm-hmm. Please do. Um, was there anything else about the 12th house? Oh, well, Jessica, you had said something about the bunkers that a lot of wealthy people are making about, you know, I'm not going to mess with you and that's just going to be me and my wealth and my my stores. However, they're not accounting for the the climate change disasters that are going to show up. Okay. Because in my opinion, once we start getting to fix signs and once uh, Uranus and Mars and Saturn and Jupiter start to talk together, the Earth starts to shake. Mm. I'm thinking earthquakes are probably going to start coming back in because, you know, Mars and Uranus are in an Earth sign and they are square to Saturn and Jupiter is just amplifying it. I'm also thinking about volcanic volcanic eruptions. because I think we're seeing a lot more of that already where we're just having a lot of ash being pumped into the air, Earth into the air kind of thing. Um, so I'm really, you know, like, all right, you can do that. But when push comes to shove in a crisis, if there's a situation where your earth, your your house is, you know, earthquake and things fall apart for whatever reason, you're going to need community to dig you out. Yeah. If you're in your bunker by your solo dolo, no one's going to find you. Okay, solo dolo, please. <laughs> just bookmarking that. Just bookmarking that. I, I feel like I should have been doing this the whole time. I just shooting my, you know, I'm like kicking myself right now. But yes, solo dolo. Yeah. Um, agreed. Agreed. It's not the time for being solo because you, because your house and your stores can, you know, help you to survive. But when you need help, your house can only do but so much, Mm. right? It cannot hold you. It cannot comfort you. It cannot heal your wounds, right? Yeah. So. And this great conjunction that we just had in Aquarius. I mean, if, if that doesn't speak to the need for us to come together as a collective, I don't know exactly what can. Luckily, Luckily, we're not going to be in bunkers, the three of us. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think that people are going to be challenged on their racism and their isms when in the time of need is the person that they despise that comes to their to their aid. And not because that should be the thing that changes their mind, but it's going to be an inner crisis. Like, wow, this thing that I think, is it real? Right. All mm-hmm. these things that I've imagined, all the, the propaganda that I believed about these groups of people. And here they are showing up in crisis. Right. So I really do think people are going to be challenged on their shit. Truly. And we need to be because we're not changing without looking at ourselves, especially because that moon goes void uh, to Pluto in this chart. So Pluto says, oh, no, we're returning. Remember, you have to look. We don't get to look away. You don't get to pretend that I'm not here anymore. So I have a question about the moon being void, of course. 
Do any of you have a concern that the inauguration simply will not happen or there will be something that goes sideways on it being officiated because the moon is void, of course, because that is a concern for me. It's not what I wanted to lead with. And I was so happy that it was the last house. So the last thing we were going to talk about instead of the first, but that is, that is a, you know, red flag for me. I think, didn't that happen with Obama? I think Um, it it did. did. I think it did. And he had to be resworn in. Yeah. Yeah. However, Mm -hmm. I think the result with him was that it didn't really, I mean, it did take effect while he was in office, but afterwards, all of his work was undone. Right. Mm. That's real. So, and also the whole time he was president, people were like, what did he swear on? Yeah. You know, like it was a big insult to say he didn't swear on a Christian Bible. Again, we have this reiteration of, of church and state. It's I think it's a concern. And, you know, because of the explosive, unpredictable nature, the, tr- the tumultuous nature of this inaugural chart and the astrology of these times, um, you know, as we as we opened with on the first episode, we can expect the unexpected. And that is the one thing we can be sure of yeah. with this chart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I say let's expect all of it, you know, yeah. like yeah. rule rule nothing out. But, you know, in thinking about that in, current, in, in context to, you know, those of us who might be afraid or, you know, a bit anxious about things that could happen, or might be what might be going down. Um, do you guys have any advice on in terms of like what we can tell people so that people are expecting, you know, vigilant, but not vigilant to the point of making themselves sick? Um, this is the new reality. You know, this is, we just have to get used to it and, and cope to the best of our ability. I think it's important to realize that this is this is intense. And I really want people to stop gaslighting themselves, which I think is a problem that we're seeing. It's just like, well, I should be acting normal, right? Like everything, I, sh- I should be able to function the way I, I'm like, this is a panic coup, right? It's a pandemic coup. It's a panic coup. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God, with these terms, you're killing me. It's a panic coup. It's a Watch. literal panic coup, right? It's a damn panic coup. <laughs> I am I am just mind blown. It is it's a panico. It's a panico, right? Yeah. This is not normal times. And so to expect yourself and everyone else to p- keep performing and acting as if it is, is really cruel. And it's yeah. kind of, it really feels really mean to me. And I feel like we have to, part of this chart is kind of identifying our emotions again and, you know, owning them sometimes. It's like, sometimes it's right to be angry and scared. There's a lot of things to be angry and scared about. That's okay. Work with that energy as opposed to avoiding it. Mm. I just want to go back to normal. Normal what? <laughs> what was right? normal about our lives? Right? We were living in a mass shooting country. Every day someone was getting shot and killed. That's not normal, mm. right? If it wasn't that, it was some other injustice. Do you want to go back to that just so that you can pretend like everything's okay? No. So face what you're looking at with some courage. Like, all right, it's going to be rough. I'm okay with that. I could do the best I can. I have community. I have people who love me and want this to work. We're in this together, Mm. right? Find your community. Find your people. Stop isolating. Stop pretending like you can do this all by yourself. The bootstrap myth is a lie. Lie. It's a lie. All right? It's time to wake up to the lies and find new truths that we can believe in and strive towards. That's the goal here. I love that. And in a surprising twist, I'm going to be super nurturing in my reaction and my response to your question, Mecca, um, to do my <laughs> tough love Capricorn stuff. I will warn you that I already tweeted that quote, Janelle. So it's in the world. I credited you. It just happened. I'm sorry. I could not, I could not wait. It was just too good. Uh, it's a panic. Okay. Um, 
you know, because of the the way that I'm wired and, and my life and my work, this is a really powerful time if you're scared and you're overwhelmed by all of the truly scary things happening and the overwhelming things happening to do energy work, not to impact others, not to affect the future, but to ground yourself into your body, into this moment, into whatever reality we're in so that you have your greater access to your resources, you know? And when we do this, we can like shield ourselves and do other ways of calling in our ancestors, our guides, our God, whatever it is that you resonate with. And then it becomes easier to do, Janelle, what you're talking about, which is just come to a state of acceptance and mobilize from there. But first, we've got to kind of like tend to that like energy work bit is my take. I'm sorry. I just want to celebrate some more art too, which I think is going to be important for us is like we have to find beauty in life again. Mm. Yeah. I think that's going to be important for us, like art and actually making things. All that Taurus energy, like we have to make stuff again. We don't make things anymore. Maybe that's why we feel so, uh, you know, rootless. Nothing to, to make us, you know, feel grounded to this earth, this country. You know, what do we provide? What do we, what do we have to last behind us when we leave this earth is another question, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with everything you, you guys said. I think my only my only tidbit that I would add to to that is just like thinking about both the spiritual and the tangible and like aligning those two. Like, so for example, this, uh, this past week, you know, just before we had that new moon in Capricorn on the 12th, I tweeted out that like, this would be the perfect moon to do like protection rituals or protection spells and things of that nature. Because, you know, since, since astrology has, uh, has uh, blossomed and, you know, um, you know, paganism, witchcraft and things of that nature, you know, have, have blossomed as a result of where we are, we've been over the past couple of years. I feel like there's been this over emphasis on this like manifestation, manifestation, you know, manifest, Mm -hmm. manifest, we're manifesting. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, like, what, what are you, man- first of all, what are you manifesting? That's number one. Number two, sometimes, you know, you can't, like the universe and Janelle and I have talked about this before, like the universe is not like a a, a coin slot, you know, or like a, um, like a jackpot. You just keep putting in quarters and just pulling the lever and just like, you know, hoping for like the cash out. It's like, you have to be putting something back into it. You know, you have to kind of focus the energy into other things. And so like, when we're thinking about, what it means to be here in this body, in this life, doing these things, having these experiences and all of that, I think is also as important to think about like, you know, what you were saying, Jessica, about like the, the spiritual side of things. And like the, the reason why astrologers and like, you know, tarot readers and witches and, you know, like we, we've been giving you these tools, not just for like the, oh, I'm manifesting, you know, a new partner or I'm manifesting a new job and all of that. That's wonderful. But it's also about like, how are you contributing what you're these using these two to contribute to the greater good? You know, how are you using these things to actually make sure that we're building the fucking world that we want to see? And it's not just lip service. So, so, you know, again, you know, to, to both of your, your points that you made, it's like, we're giving, we've given you these things, you know, these things are out there in terms of being able to like utilize them. And this, and that's what they're there for. You know, like when you think about like, like everything that we've, we've gone through in, in astrology, gosh, is such a big, is a, such a big example of that. Nothing we're going through is new. Mm. Nothing we are dealing with is new. This shit has been done many times over before. 
unfortunately, like human beings, like, you know, we, we love a loop. We love to go around and around and around and around and around. And so if you can think back to, you know, um, your ancestors and people who have, who have been here before us and how they were able to get through things that they were, were able to get through. Right. And you don't even have to go back that far. I mean, I think about my grandparents, you know, like, um, I think I'm trying to think my grandma, she like my grandparents, like what I think were one step removed from slavery. Mm. So like, you know, thinking about that, you know, like they, they went through Jim Crow, like they went through all of those things. And, and, you know, we have, we all have ancestors who have gone through something where they, they've been immigrants, you know, whether they've come from war, war torn countries, wherever it is, we all have something to refer back to, 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 to be able to be like, okay, it's not going to be that bad. Like, yes, shit can get rough, but we can also, we, we can also survive this. And I would say that like, when you're thinking about what to do and how we're going to get through it, you know, I definitely would kind of like look at history in that regard and saying like, we don't have, we don't have to repeat it, but we can also take some things from it that we can also utilize us to ground ourselves in the present so that we can go forward and build something that we actually want to build versus doing the same old shit over and over and over again. Mm, I love that. And I feel like what you're talking about, Mecca, is so much about Saturn being that, you know, uh, kind of like really important planet in the chart is like learning from those who came before us mm-hmm. and and letting their mistakes and their successes be foundational to us not making the same mistakes and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So I think that's really inspiring and great. Yeah. So we're gonna we'll we're in it yeah, yeah. now we gotta try to try win to it, win it. <laughs> <laughs> that, is that the new show tagline for now oh my uh, God. <laughs> the two of you are just like tagline central what is uh Jup- jupiterian mercury Jupiter? <laughs> oh shit uh, <laughs> that's been the um, nice thing of these eclipses is that people have been very snappy with the wordplay i would say yeah I would say that's that. right. We're just stuck here staring at our phones being like, how, how can I, <laughs> how can I make this more fun? <laughs> it's a, um, wait, it's a panacu. Panacu. <laughs> oh, people, people need to know. I think yeah. yesterday I was saying it's an epidemic of coups, a coup of epidemics. <laughs> so ridiculous. You need to write this down. And one day there'll be a book of haikus about the panacu. <laughs> the panacu. And it will be written by you or yes. one of your fans. <laughs> See, you have to find the humor in this stuff, guys, because otherwise yeah. you go mad. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just looking at Biden's Twitter and uh, his header, I didn't realize, says, keep the faith. Ah, there you yeah. go. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. Thank oh. you for this uh, two-part, two-parter. It was a tour uh, we, de France. We, we, tour de force? We, tour de force. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, both, right? Yes. Sad, yeah. you know, international. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for, for having, um, for coming onto the show um, and, and chatting with us. This has been a blast. And uh, yeah, we would love to have you back again sometime in the future uh, to talk again. And um yeah, thanks. Thank, thank you for having me. This has been amazing. And I know everyone's going to love listening to this. So yeah, thank you so much. And I cannot wait for our next time. And I will come with a pad and paper so I can, you know, uh, and pen. So I can just write down all <laughs> yes. the great All the catchphrases. <laughs> yeah, all the catchphrases. Well, they might be about the Inquisition and stuff. So I don't oh, know. Shit. I'm so <laughs> down for that. I'm so the, down for the that. Matrix, the, coffins? the Matrix of Coffins? Matrix of Coffins. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Matrix to Casket. Matrix to Caskets. So gorgeous go. and goth. Yes. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Okay, next time right. we'll do the Inquisition. Yeah. 
yes. <laughs> Have a super chill time in the in the wars. Yes. yes. Bye. <laughs> in our country, in our neighbors, when they see us, are we here? Do we matter? Protectors, when they see us, are we here? Do we matter? I ask this on the daily. I ask this for my baby. Still out there in the maybe. We wanna breathe again. I ask this to a family. And a daddy still out behaving badly We wanna breathe again to our friends Shook and shattered Scared to speak up Against the patterns Oh so clear When you see us on the daily as is for my baby still out there in the maybe yes we wanna breathe again I ask this to our families our mothers and our daddies still out behaving badly we wanna breathe again we, we wanna breathe again my babies still out there in the maybe we wanna breathe again our asses to our families our mothers and our daddies still out behaving badly we wanna breathe again Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. 